and welcome to the Actually Making a Difference podcast, the show about starting, growing, and marketing your purpose-led business. No magic wands, no false promises, just simple, straightforward, and honest advice based on decades of experience. I'm your host, Sarah Price, and you are ready to actually make a difference. Hello there, and welcome to this episode of the Actually Making a Difference podcast, the one-stop shop you need to help you to get your impact business up, running and growing. In this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the secret of great collaboration. Now, I've talked about collaboration before on the podcast. Loving collaboration is one of Actually's core guiding principles or what you might think of as values. And it's an essential part of how we approach business. But today, I want to look at an angle that I've not really covered before, and which I believe is the secret to developing and maintaining great collaborative partnerships. And it's to do with energy. But first, let's think about when you might consider collaborating. My answer to this question is always. I see collaboration as the opposite of competition. And as far as I'm concerned, collaboration is the only way to run a successful business and far more productive than its opposite number. And if you want to know more about why perhaps competition isn't the best business strategy and why collaboration might be more productive, I really recommend a TEDx talk by a guy called Alex Smith from TEDx Folkestone a few years ago. Really great TEDx talk about collaboration, competition, and why competition actually harms markets and businesses and consumers. Anyway, let's get back to today. I want us to consider a few specific examples of when it might be a good idea for you to pursue a collaboration. So here's a thought. Let's say you want to reach a new audience, an audience that perhaps is an expansion of your existing community, but not one that you've really spoken to before. Or maybe you're looking to expand your community with more and more of your ideal client, but you're struggling to reach them, struggling to find ways to get in front of those people. Collaborating with other business owners whose communities or audience overlap with or complement yours is a great way to expand your own audience. You might agree to co-host a masterclass and then both of you promote that masterclass to your respective communities. You might agree to cross-promote your services. All of this enables you to reach people you might not otherwise reach. What about when you recognise that you don't have the skills necessary to meet all of your clients' needs? Maybe, for example, your focus is on marketing, but you recognise that many of your clients have money mindset issues that are holding them back from getting visible and from promoting their business. So you collaborate with a money mindset coach on a joint venture or a joint programme, or maybe you identify specialists in this place and refer your people to them. What about when you're growing your business so fast that you just don't have the capacity to deliver for all of your clients at the level you would like to? 
Maybe you are on the verge of scaling your business in a significant way or you're already scaling and there's so much demand for your training that you realise you'll need to run 10, 12, 15 cohorts simultaneously. And that means no sleep for you. So you collaborate with an associate who can run some of your training for you. What about when working on your own is making you feel isolated and unhappy? I am familiar with this concept. I got about halfway through lockdown and realised I loathe working on my own all the time. I'm hoping that's not just me, but it's a really good basis, a really good reason to seek people to collaborate with. Because as you've heard me say many times on this podcast already, I believe that starting and running and promoting your own business is hard work, but it can also be the most fun you can have with your clothes on. And for me, collaboration is part of what makes it a joyful, happy experience. Now, there is one other reason why you would want to collaborate. One other factor that I think you need to consider when thinking about collaboration. Above all, collaboration works when there is a clear mutual benefit. Collaboration is by definition a mutually beneficial arrangement. So whilst we've been talking about some of the reasons why you might seek collaboration, bear in mind if the benefit is one-sided, then you don't have a collaborator. You have an unpaid supplier. So make sure that in your consideration of when you might want to collaborate with others, you're thinking as much about the benefit for them as you are the benefit for you. But as I hope these examples illustrate, unless you are someone who actively prefers to work alone in all and every circumstances, then there is always going to come a point when collaboration will yield better results than pushing on through by yourself. How do you decide who to collaborate with? What what do you need to consider before you start collaborating? What should you discuss at the outset to give your partnership the best chance of success? These are all things that I cover in the Actually Guide to Collaboration, which I shared last week with members of the Actually community in the Actually Making a Difference Facebook group. If you'd like to get your hands on a copy of that guide and be in a place where you can be supported, get tips, insights and find opportunities for collaboration, then why not come and join the group? Just search for Actually Making a Difference on Facebook. And if you want to get hold of this guide, just look for my post with the hashtag, hashtag guide to collaboration. You'd be very welcome in the group and we'd be very happy to send you a link to where you can download the guide. Once your collaboration is up and running, what can you do then to make sure you're on track for success? Because I see a lot of collaborations fizzling out after a promising start, disintegrating in the harsh light of day. And there are several causes and several things that you can do to ensure that your collaboration doesn't go the same way. Again, I cover those in the Actually Guide to Collaboration. But the one I want to focus on today is to watch your energy. 
Now, before those of you who are anti-woo switch off, yes, I can see you rolling your eyes. Let me remind you, I am a soulful pragmatist. So I believe in magic and logic. I believe in spirituality and practicality. And whilst we are going to be talking about energy, it is from that perspective of pragmatism. So hang fire, suspend your disbelief for a minute, and let me see if this tip is going to help you. Deal? Our paradigm teaches us that competition is what's important, not collaboration. We are taught from an early age that there are winners and losers, that life is a zero-sum game and that we must play to win, that the most valuable resources are finite and scarce and we must therefore compete to gain control over them. So we are raised to see others as our competitors rather than as potential collaborators and partners. And this can unconsciously impact our energy and our approach to any potential business partnership. In the book Radical Collaboration, the authors suggest that one of the core skills required in order to be able to create partnerships is collaborative intention. And they ask the question, where do you spend most of your time? In the red zone or in the green zone? The green zone is where you dwell when you are in an authentic, non-defensive state of energy. In the green zone, people's actions in partnership are not driven by fear or by unconscious or conscious competition. Instead, they seek connection from that centred place in accordance with their deeply held principles and beliefs, in accordance with their collaborative intention. By contrast, people in the red zone are defensive. They make decisions from fear. Their motivation is to win, to defeat the other side. They worry about competition because they see life, business, the market as that zero-sum game. You win, I lose. If you want your collaborations to work, you need to become mindful of when you're in the green zone and the red zone, and you need to practice non-defensiveness as a way of embedding yourself in that green zone energy. Remaining non-defensive is the single most important thing that you can do to increase your effectiveness and the power of your collaborations. But unfortunately, most people don't realise that they're getting defensive until it's way too late. So in a moment, I'm going to read you a list, a list of signs of defensiveness, signs that you may be slipping into a defensive stance so that you can be more conscious of them in future, recognise them and hopefully sidestep them altogether straight back into the green zone. So pause this episode for just a second, go grab a piece of paper and a pen. And as I read out the list, scribble down any of these signs that you recognise. 
any of these behaviours that you know in your heart of hearts you may have occasionally slipped into in your partnerships just from time to time. Got a pen? Ready for the list? Here we go. Sense of humour failure. Taking offence easily. Feeling a high charge or restless energy in your body. Experiencing a sudden drop in intelligence. Wanting to be definitively right and recognised as such. There is no question about it. I am right, you are wrong. Wanting the last word. Flooding someone with information in order to prove your point. Endlessly explaining and rationalising your position. Playing poor me. Teaching or preaching. Being rigid and closed down completely to other people's opinions. Massive denial. Withdrawing into silence. Cynicism. Sarcasm, or what my mother used to call the lowest form of wit. Making fun of others. Being intensely and hurtfully critical of others. What's called terminal uniqueness. In other words, I'm so special, the rules don't apply to me. Thinking or saying to yourself, it's just my personality, it's just how, who I am. I can't change who I am. Being completely unwilling to negotiate or compromise in any way. Blaming others. Experiencing the sudden onset of an unidentifiable illness. Total confusion. Being incredibly tired very suddenly. Eccentricity. Unexpected eccentricity. Selective deafness. Attacking others because, well, the best defence is a good offence, right? Holding a grudge. Trivialising a situation with humour. Inappropriate laughing or giggling to make light of or trivialise the situation. Having a really negative sour grapes attitude. Defensive awareness. Yeah, I'm aware of that. Just leave me alone. Addiction. Alcohol, drugs, people, shopping, working, gambling, chocolate, workshops. Making everything personal. It's not personal. It's just business. All or nothing thinking. Catastrophizing. So thinking the worst in any given situation. Fast breathing and a fast heartbeat. Cold, clammy skin or conversely, very hot, sweaty skin. Jumping to unproven and unwarranted conclusions. Magnifying everything. Minimising everything. Tight stomach. Speaking way too fast. Becoming physically immobile. And obsessive thinking when you simply cannot think about anything else. Any others you can think of? Well, you've got your bit of paper and your pen, so scribble them down on your version of that list.
Now, most people will recognise several behaviours on this list. There are some that cause me a wry smile as I read that list out for you. There are some people who recognise the majority of the behaviours on that list. Tick, 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 yep, all of those, those are all me. If you didn't recognise any at all, I want you to write down the word denial at the top of your sheet of paper, circle it, and then go back and listen to the list again. Now, take a look at your list, the ones that you scribble down, the ones that you recognise, and circle the top three, the ones that you know well because you use them the most often, the ones that you know are your default go-to defensive positions. If you're not sure, then ask a friend, ask a colleague, ask a partner or a spouse, someone who knows you and loves you, someone whose opinion you trust and who can be honest without being hurtful. Trust me, that person will know what your top three are. Now, the purpose of reading you this list and having you recognise those three signs is not to give you more ammunition with which to beat yourself up. We all do enough of that already, right? The important thing to remember is that these three signs are not inherently bad. In fact, they're now going to be really helpful because they are essentially your early warning system. They are signs tipping you off that you are becoming defensive, that you are slipping into defensive red zone energy. And nothing is going to shut down your ability to collaborate faster than defensiveness. So now that you know what your signs are, be mindful and watch for them. And when you notice them, you can take steps to shift your energy using a simple A, B, C, D approach. A, acknowledge that you're becoming defensive and not just to yourself, acknowledge it out loud with your collaborator. I'm so sorry, I realise that I'm slipping into defensive mode and I know that that's not really productive. So can you just, can you give me a minute just to gather myself? B, breathe and ground yourself. Take a moment. At its most basic, you could simply take three deep breaths in through your nose and out through your mouth. And no, don't do this in that passive, aggressive, performative way. You know what I mean? The, you've wound me up so much, I now need to breathe deeply. Step away from the situation. Allow yourself time. C. Confront that demon inner voice. You know the one, the one that's encouraging you back into old habits, old behaviours, outdated ways of thinking. The one that wants you to compete, to win. The voice that insists that to survive, you have to come out on top at all costs. And another C. Check your assumptions. What is it that triggered you? What are the meanings, the stories, the assumptions that you're making in your mind? Are any of them necessarily true? And D, 
detach. Detach from the situation. Take some time to process, to release any negative energy, to release any defensiveness in your system that you're holding on to. And now you can start over. Collaboration has been at the heart of my success in business. Collaborating with my business partners, with associates, with other business owners, with my clients and with my community. Collaboration can be the heart of your success too. Watch your energy. Practice being in the green zone. Stay out of the red zone because it's time and you are ready to actually make a difference. Thank you for listening to the Actually Making a Difference podcast with me, Sarah Price. Come and join a community of purpose in our free and friendly Actually Making a Difference Facebook group. Because now that you're part of my world, you need never feel alone on this entrepreneurial journey. And you will always be welcome.